So Drew Aller was seen with a walking boot, seen riding a scooter around campus, and it's like, oh man, Penn State can't catch a break. So how concerned do Nittany Lion fans need to be after all of this? Not at all, because it's not true. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm Zach Seiko, your host of the show. Thanks for joining me. And there is some good news about Drew Aller. So a rumor started swirling that Drew was seen around campus in a walking boot, riding a scooter, and this could mean trouble for a Penn State quarterback room. That was already low in numbers to begin with, low in experience to begin with. And now the thing that I I didn't want to speak into existence has come true, it seems. Uh, Well, not necessarily the case. Uh, I have some info that makes me feel better and also uh, that will make Nittany Line fans feel better. And just pure fact from Penn State football. I think they put all the rumors to rest here, but in case you didn't see it. So uh, Twitter's fun. Twitter is a fun place to go. And then the message boards lit up because uh, a news report from an inside source said a reliable source said that Penn state quarterback drew Aller was seen in a walking boot seen with a scooter on campus. Okay. So that can only mean that he got injured in a winter workout or, or something of the matter. Uh, I, I don't know about the scooter there. There's a chance that he could have been in a walking boot as, as precaution for something. Um, but it, at the end of the day, the consensus was from the Penn state media was that If anything was there, a walking boot, it was not of any concern because the people that had true inside sources were all saying that there's substance to it, but not anything to be concerned about. So all of these uh, rumors were quickly put to bed. Um, I heard that Drew Aller was present and participated at winter workouts. All right. So that's my inside source. So unless they were lying. Uh, there there's that but then uh, on on top of that so you have the report that drew's hurt you have the report that he's at practice so okay that's both hearsay but uh let's let's go to the evidence here and i hope that everyone's watching on youtube uh if you're not i still appreciate anybody that's listening uh to the audio version the podcast version of this let's take a look at the evidence exhibit a is up on the screen courtesy of penn state football so as you can see here uh all the position groups went out to dinner and there's the quarterbacks right there uh, front and center and we got mike yersich all the way to the left bo prabula in the left there as well in the middle jackson smolik and oh that is drew aller on the right middle and a couple things we don't notice here. Uh, one, the scooter. No no scooter in sight. It's missing. Uh, but to, and the scooter, a little obvious. But two, if you look real closely at either one of his shoes, there's no walking boot. Drew Aller, and you would think if he's going to go out to dinner that he would be in a walking boot if that is the case. But he can stand on his own two feet just fine. There's the evidence confirmed by Penn State football itself. That was uh, via Facebook. I think they posted that to Instagram as well. All the position groups went out to went out for a nice dinner. So uh, 
I, I'm glad that Drew is okay. The more important thing is here that that fans were right to be concerned. Okay, yeah, even if Bo Prabula went down, say Bo Prabula was the one, or even even Jackson Smollett, say one of those guys were rumored to be uh, in a walking boot, uh, driving a scooter around campus, and, and things look bleak. Okay, this goes back to the point that I've been trying to make about the quarterback room as a whole, and I think people agree with this that it's still pretty thin. James Franklin's uh, applauded the potential in this room. Uh, He says that the talent is there, and I agree with him. Drew Aller's a former five-star. Bo is a former four-star. Jackson Smolik is a a high-end three-star. But if one of those two guys were to go down, Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, either of them, they're they're more important right now than Jackson Smolik in the scheme of things. That that has been my point all along is that and, and everyone said it correctly. Well, there goes playoff hopes. There goes national championship hopes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the comments were not too too happy about it. Uh, don't don't disrespect Bo Prabula like that. I think that Bo Prabula deserves a lot more credit than people are giving him for, because I don't think the season is a lost cause. If Drew were happen, let's just say not available because I'm not going to speak uh, injury into this equation. But Bo Prabula, I think, can lead the offense. And that's why he's won how many winter workout warrior awards now? Uh, they just had another winter practice in the books and he won again. He's won them all other than the one that Drew has won. So Bo Prabula has the work ethic, has that football mentality. He's a dual threat. So he's a little different than Drew. Uh, and, and that RPO, the R, the RPO is going to stay in, in the passing system, in the in the offense. Believe it or not, even though Drew's not a mobile quarterback, the run pass option is still going to be in, it, capable for both quarterbacks, whoever's on the football field. So, bigger picture though, Penn State's quarterback room is pretty thin. It they need a veteran out of the transfer portal. I, I will say it again: Michigan did it. They went and got Jack Tuttle from Indiana. He's going to be a backup and a security, uh, just a sense of security for a Michigan Wolverines team, because why would they need that for a J.J. McCarthy uh, veteran in the program now? Uh, one year of starting uh, with the team last year and took him to the college football semifinal. And you still go and get a backup quarterback, not to challenge him, but as insurance. And Tristan Jebbia from Oregon State goes to Ohio State and he's a seventh year. You make fun of Sean Clifford. People that made fun of Sean Clifford, Jebbia is in his seventh year, transferred to Ohio State, and there's a quarterback battle between two former five stars. So Jebbia doesn't have a chance. It's it's gonna be Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. I, I would lean Kyle McCord. He's from Pennsylvania, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but like I said, Ohio State and Michigan, who are consistently playoff contenders, are doing it. So why can't Penn State do it? But that's the bigger idea here. There's nothing wrong with Drew. If there is something wrong with an ankle, a foot, uh, his pinky toe uh, is a little sore. He's got a blister. I don't care. Uh, He is fine from what I've gathered from what other inside reporters have gathered about him. Uh, There there is no (laughs) alarm. Next point, Bo Prabula deserves a little more respect. If he's thrusted into the starting role, I fully trust him. I don't think he gives you that same edge that Drew does in terms of overall passing ability. That dual threat's back. Drew's not a dual threat. Bo is. And and then Bo can use his legs where Drew will use his arm strength. Uh, But the idea is that both of those quarterbacks, if asked, 
could lead Penn State's offense up and down the field. Now, third part of this is the quarterback room is thin. The fact that the alarms were the alarms were sounded, uh, red alerts were going off because Drew was rumored to be in a walking boot and, and a scooter, and things look bleak. That's also not okay. So. Penn State needs a quarterback, a veteran, one of those guys that is looking to be the second or third string guy. They they know coming in, they will be a backup quarterback and uh, be essentially insurance looking for maybe a grad degree or just uh, using their final year of eligibility before they ride off into the sunset. I don't care who it is. Those people exist. Ohio State and Michigan got them. It, it would make sense that at college, it wouldn't exist. But I think with the transfer portal, NIL, it now does exist where some older quarterbacks know that their playing days are over, but they can still make a team and they can be a quality backup and a mentor. I don't think Penn State needs as much mentorship. That's what Sean Clifford did this past season, but somebody that can definitely be an option if the worst case scenario were to happen here. Uh, so that's something that Penn State might explore. And But fret not, Nittany Lion fans. Drew is okay. We can sit here and say that with confidence. And he was at practice. He was at the most recent winter workout. It's all you need to know when, when all said and done here. And we got Penn State men's basketball on the horizon. They take on the Ohio State Buckeyes in a must win. It is truly a must win situation for Penn State if they want to get back into the NCAA tournament conversation. And I cross it over with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. That is coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets, like core markets, the spread, the money line, the total, player props, points, rebounds, assists, etc., and so many other exclusive bets like the two by three, two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. It is a Locked On crossover, Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Buckeyes. I'm your host of Locked On Nittany Lions, Zach Seiko, joined by Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. Jay, it's good to see you again on the other side. Yeah, Zach's good to be back. Good to be talking uh, Buckeye sports. The basketball season is not going as people thought it would, but I'm just glad to talk ball. I'm glad to be here, here with you today. Yeah, and there's another show that does that as well when it comes to college basketball, and that's Locked On College Basketball. Fitting name, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Like both of our shows here, Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Buckeyes. Subscribe to both shows if you haven't already. So Penn State's taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, for Thursday, uh, February 23rd, and that's going to be out in Columbus. It is a 6.30 tip, and it's going to be on Fox Sports 1 for anyone that can't make the game. Jay, are you going to the game? No, I will not be there. It will probably be for my best interest uh, to not watch this team in person. <laughs> now, I'm being sarcastic when I say that. I would yeah. love to be there, honestly, because these guys, when they play well together, they're a good basketball team, but it's been a long time since we have seen that version of Buckeye basketball in this season. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's honestly what I want to start off with first because Ohio State's a team that I know they've gone through the gauntlet of the Big Ten. They, they've lost eight in a row. They're three and 13. They're really, in terms of record, aren't all that much better than Minnesota in conference, but they're 11 and 16. Kem Palm likes them. The net rankings like them. The RPI likes them. Uh, and and if I if you open up ESPN right now, they're giving Ohio State roughly a 70% chance uh, of winning. If they play 100 games, Penn State and Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio State wins 70 of them. That's what they're saying here. Let's let's bring it down. How about 7 out of 10? Because uh, 100 games is a little rough. But that's what they're saying is that Ohio State wins 70% of the time. So do you buy into that stat? Uh, what What ultimately has gone wrong with the Buckeyes here? For those of you watching on YouTube, you saw my eyes get big when Zach was reading off that number about the Buckeyes winning 70% of the time or the games if these two teams played 100 times. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. Ken Palm and all these other analytics buying into the Buckeyes. Yeah. I don't get it. My eyeballs tell me this is a bad basketball team, has no chemistry. They don't have anybody that has like a dog mentality that can take over a game defense is poor. So I don't know what my eyeballs are telling me that is not feeding into the computers, but I've watched them play all the games this year. Started off great. I'm not going to say the injuries were the part that messed them up. I think that them having so many freshmen and that needed to play big minutes, that was a problem because big 10 play is tough. It's tough playing all these schools night in night out. And I think that was a big problem was that once they got into the Big Ten schedule and they started to get punched in the mouth, figuratively speaking, not literally, the Buckeyes didn't have an answer. Yeah, I know that. I mean, at least my takeaway from it is that Zed Key is very important to this group, because if you look back at the beginning of the season, sure, they they lost some games. Let's, you know, take a North Carolina, for example. But this was a team that what started out 10 and three, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a 10 and three team as they started. And, and then Zed Key gets hurt in that that first Purdue game and they still take him down to the wire. That was 71 to 69. And then ever since, uh, even though he's come back and he's played on and off, he hasn't been 100 percent. So uh, Jay put it into perspective for the viewers and the listeners, just how important Zed Key is uh, to this group when he's 100 percent. He's huge, man. And you mentioned a 10 and three start. And then that Purdue game, and I listened to another Buckeye podcast, Bill Landis covers Ohio State for Rivals, and he made a comment about how that Purdue game, that loss, did something to Ohio State and knocked them back, and it kind of messed up their confidence. If you would have said, if I could predict how the Buckeyes would have played this regular season after the 10-3 and start, I would have said they probably would have had a setback or two, maybe two or three losses in conference play. And honestly, they would have been – um, looking at a buy in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, maybe a double buy, and ultimately being a team that's a force and that can compete for the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship. That's not the case. Zed Key's injury, shoulder injury, had an ankle injury, tweaked that later in the season. His injury is huge because when they can go inside to him consistently and feed the rock inside, let him do work down on the block, either left block or right block, it opens things up for guys like a Bryce Sensaball or a Sean McNeil or a Tanner Holden off the bench or a Roddy Gale Jr. from off the bench. It opens things up for everybody. And I say all that to say this, he's not playing in this game against Penn State. He's yeah. out for the season. That's huge. And a team that's struggling to find an, uh, an identity and somebody that, somebody that can lean on, 
not having Zed Key, first he was hurt, and you could tell he was noticeably hurt because he wasn't getting getting any lift. He had no confidence. The open threes he was taking early in the season, he stopped taking those. His injury is to his shooting uh, shoulder. That really hurt this team. That's not the only problem, but that's one of the problems that Ohio State will, has right now, and they'll be out at Zed Key for the rest of the yeah. season. Um, what would you say about an Ohio State team that I guess at this point, because you you would probably agree that this season's a lost cause. There's no there's no backdoor way into the NCAA tournament, even the NIT, the National Invitational, uh, uh, unless they were to make a series. The only way is to get that automatic bid by winning the Big Ten tournament, and that's most likely not even for Penn State. To, you know, it, both our teams <laughs> are not going to win the Big Ten tournament. But is there something to be said about this Buckeye team that? can play a little more loose, relaxed, say, you know, they, they got nothing to lose and they're at home and Penn state's got everything to lose because if they go five and O down this stretch, they started with Minnesota, they're here at Ohio state. Then they got Rutgers Northwestern and finish with Maryland. Is it fair to say about this Buckeye team that they could just try to shake things up and just try to jar Penn state a little bit and play spoiler in this case? Yeah, they can. And I, I noticed something against Purdue. Ohio State played Purdue this past Sunday afternoon. And Chris Holtman started to play a little full-court press, a little more pressure, getting the ball up court. It wasn't an answer. <laughs> Purdue almost beat him by 30. But it yep. was something that I, I wish Chris Holtman would have tried five games ago. And I'm not being – not, it's not a number to exaggerate. No, literally five games ago, maybe even ten games ago. Change things up. I think Chris Holtman realizes his guys aren't good on defense. And so when you're not good on defense, you kind of – you don't try to do the whole full-court press thing all the time because it may lead to easier baskets for the opposition. But you got to change something up on both ends of the court. But, yeah, Bryce Sensible. I, I wonder if Tanner Holden, a transfer from Wright State, ultimately gets some more run in this game and he somehow comes out with 20 points. Now, I if that happens – that's a question mark for Chris Holtman. He's going to have to answer in the postgame. It's like, why have you not played him more? Like, these are real, legitimate things people are going to ask in the postgame because Ohio State media that cover the basketball team, they're as confused as you are, confused as I am, because with all the talent on this team, there's no reason this team should only have three wins in conference play. Yeah, I, and even though the rankings might be a little more uh, friendly to Ohio State, I do, I just, I do think they're better than what the record indicates. Because I, I looked at some other Penn State peers, Penn State friends that like the men's basketball team, think that you know this, this can, this was a fun season, this was an entertaining season, something to talk about. And, and I'm not overly sold that Penn State goes into Columbus and wins this game because Ohio State does have some talented players. Penn State, uh, they've shown against teams when there is that star player like a Bryce Sensenbaugh that they just don't do as well. And, and, and they're just not good on the road. They have they have two wins on, on the road. Penn State's just not a, a road team. Uh, they're, they're much better at home. And, and this is, again, an Ohio State team that uh, has talent but just hasn't put it together. So, uh, Jay, what would you like to know about the Nittany Lions? Uh, <laughs> And we'll flip it over here, and you can ask me some of the questions about this Nittany Lion team. What would you say is a story of Penn State basketball this season? Uh, Jalen Pickett, uh, first mm. and foremost. I've I've heard that uh, there's going to be uh, a camera crew in town. I'm, I forget the network, so uh, but they're going to do a feature on, on Jalen Pickett for Sunday's game uh, against Rutgers because that's really what it's been about. Uh, this conversation that 
Jalen Pickett is, and I, I'd personally put him in the All-America conversation. Okay. I don't think that he's a first or second teamer because that's yeah, that's a lot of that's top ten basketball players, and there are ten other guys that are definitely better than him. Um, and, and even, but I, I'd really think to, I'd like to think that he's one of the top six guards in the country right now. Not, not a lot of other players are scoring forty against Illinois, who is a tournament bound team and, right. and then Minnesota. Okay. I, I get that. You know, you're scoring 41 against Illinois and then 32 against Minnesota. But then to do that back to back when Minnesota game plans for you, they see that and they're like, all right, we got to focus our energy <laughs> yeah. around Jalen Pickett. And then he still goes out and willingly puts up 32 on top of that. It's extremely efficient. He's not shooting 50 times a game. Now I know that's, it's an exaggeration, but it's not like, okay, he's going to the free throw line and he's getting about 10 to 15 attempts at the free throw line. And then he's shooting maybe six of 15 from the field. Uh, He's shooting 50%. He's, he's very efficient with his shots. He's making his shots. So not only is he doing a little, and then getting close to a triple double on, on top of that as well. So the story uh, of the season is that this Penn state team can shoot the basketball very well. Uh, they're back and forth. They're red hot. They're ice cold. But Jalen Pickett has really emerged as this guy who's really pulled this team, pushed this team forward um, better than uh, if they'd be significantly worse if they didn't have him on the floor. for. And he almost plays 40 minutes a night. He gets about 60 seconds of rest. <laughs> Michael Shrewsbury is ma- making sure to get all he can out of this young man. Michael, yeah. Shrewsbury, Michael Shrewsbury in year two, what do you see? I see they have a better record, but have you seen – I know you see the improvement in the win-loss record, but have you seen yeah. improvement in all the areas you are you are expecting to? I don't want Micah Shrewsbury to go anywhere. I, gotcha. I can I, – I don't want another coach. I don't want to go looking for another coach because he's somebody that has shown that uh, – I, I like what – I think it's John Rothstein who coined this phrase that Micah Shrewsbury more plays than Broadway – like he just he he gets basketball. He understands basketball. I would hope so, since he's a basketball head coach. But uh, he is what his best attribute is is tailoring his playbook, tailoring his system to the talent around him, rather than all right, we're going to force the players to fit into my system. He's saying yeah. I'm going to develop a system so that we can get the most out of you guys. And, and in this case, it's not that slow ball. You know, who can get to 55 first? Yeah. Yeah. Really boring type of basketball, like it was last year, because those were the guys that were best suited for that. They were better defenders and they were just better in terms of physicality and they had size when they had a guy like John Hara. Uh, but in the case of this year, they're faster, they're quicker, and they're not as good on defense, unfortunately, but they're much better on offense. They're one of the uh, highest rated offensive teams, not necessarily the most efficient. Um, but they're a team that can score 90 in, in a night. They can even score 100 if you really ask them to. So uh, that's that's what I like about Micah Shrewsbury the most. Uh, I'm sold on him. I'd like him to be here for 20 to 25 years, but we'll see. It's a long time. We don't normally see coaches that stick around for that long. Yeah. But he knows, and you know, that his time period there so far will help the younger players in getting them to stick around and stay at Penn State longer with so many players at every sport in college entering the transfer portal. How do you think he's impacted, last thing for you, how do you think he's impacted the young players at Penn State and what are you expecting them to, to do and to play? How do you, how do you expect them to play uh, when they when Penn State and the Buckeyes play on the basketball court? 
As far as the young guys go, I mean, it, that's still kind of a work in progress. Um, they just, they're not going to make the same impact this year. And he's targeting guys that he wants to be in the program for two, three, four years. He, yeah, yeah. he, he, yeah, he'd like to get the one and dones. He's targeted them. But at the end of the day, he does want guys that intend to build this program with him and will leave an impact over the course of multiple years. Uh, and so th those guys, they've definitely gone through a learning curve because it is there. This is the oldest team in college basketball right now. So even though it's not this year that we're going to see guys like Kevin Jai and Evan Mahaffey and Kanye Clary, who have seen significant minutes for where they are at, where they are at in terms of their career progress in their college career, uh, but the, it's it's going to be baptized baptism by fire next year, and I, I think they'll be able to handle it with what they've done thus far in in 2022-23. I'm looking forward to this game. I know it's it, it's I'm important too. for both teams to play well, and both teams can build confidence. The Buckeyes, four games left. I've said it numerous times and locked on now, Zach, and also via shows when I talk basketball on Locked yeah. On Buckeyes. I don't expect the Buckeyes to win another game this season. They have showed me enough to where they do not play well. Their chemistry is poor, and they don't really play above any certain level. They are who they are. And I still think, I know Penn State is a certain level to, of an opponent. I, I, I don't have faith. They, 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 have, they, they have three home games. Three of the four final games are played in Columbus. That doesn't sway my decision. This team should lose the game based off how they yeah. play. Penn State comes in, they can build confidence down the stretch and uh, really build confidence for Micah Shrewsbury and the recruits coming into Penn State saying, oh, they're building confidence. Year two under Micah Shrewsbury was better than year one. And the recruits could say Penn State is the right place for them. So different stories for both schools. Yeah. And I know we, we didn't ask for a prediction, but I don't expect the Buckeyes to win. Oh, man. That's I, I'm back and forth on this because everything you've told me is like, okay, this is great news because Penn state needs this win. It's a quad one win. Uh, so far they're two and five against quad one teams. How is this a quad one so, win? Uh, I'm, top, I'm just... top 75 team. According to the net, according to okay. the net, Ohio okay. state is a top 75 team and this is a road game. So yeah, true, true. It fits in. So Penn state really needs this game. Uh, if they lose this one, they have three more opportunities, but then that is every game becomes a must win. So I, I just don't like the scenario where Penn State has so much to lose because if they don't win this game, that's probably the ugliest of the losses, potential losses remaining on the schedule. So, and I just like, especially in college athletics, Jay, uh, I like teams that have nothing to play for and yeah. they can play spoiler. It's because they're still kids at heart, you know, it's, and it shows up in the pros too, but I will continually say this. It's that it's those teams that can be the bowl in the China shop, shake things up, and Penn State's got to carry that glass, that glass can around, whatever have you, that metaphor that I want to build. They have to, they're carrying it. And so they're going to play timid. And I don't know, I, I think Ohio, and there's still that, you know, even though Ohio State, Penn State, they're not really rivals. But I mean, I look forward to the series just about in any sport when it comes to these two schools. So, and, and Penn State's not good on the road. So I, I can't, I don't know that I like the Nittany Lions in this case either. <laughs> Both teams will lose. How about that? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I, I feel better. If this was a home game, I would feel so much better, but I, I just feel nervous. I feel like the Nittany Lions are going to come out just a, a little. I, I hope they can build on the winning streak, but they had Illinois' number. Minnesota was a quad four win because how, how bad they are. Yeah. And I, I don't, Penn State just, uh, 
Ohio State's very athletic. Even though Zed, Zed Key not being out there is a difference maker for mm-hmm. me, though. I think it's going to come down to a basket or so, and it's just who who makes that final basket there. So, But I, I do like a lot of points in this game. I could see something like an 80 to 77. Yeah. It, the shootout and the, and the higher scoring is going to be probably still on Penn State. Sorry, I'm so down on this basketball team. <laughs> Good. I know the talent. <laughs> I know the athleticism. I know all of that stuff, and it's definitely there. I am so down on what I have seen this year. If you take Bryce Sinsball off, this team's bad. Like, really, really bad. Okay. And it's not so much like the roster construction. It's just they never really built chemistry in Big Ten play and lost all confidence. So, yeah, even if it's a high-scoring game, low-scoring, in the middle, Buckeyes lose, man. Okay. All right. I, I will take your word for it, Jay. It's always great to catch up uh, oh, yeah. anytime we can, you know, we don't have that many opportunities to do crossovers. So unless we start doing like baseball or something, but um, yeah. it's, it's great to talk to you again uh, and excited to connect for football because that game will be very meaningful uh, when the fall rolls around. I cannot wait. Both teams will have new starting quarterbacks. Yep. Um, both teams playing for a lot. Penn state trying to win the big 10 East and play in the, in- in the conference uh, championship game, Ohio State trying to play in the Big Ten conference championship game for the first time, I believe, since 2020. There's a lot on the line in that game. Buddy, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a long time waiting, but I uh, can't wait to connect with you that time. Jay, thanks for your time again, as always. It was great to cross it over here. Always fun, Zach. I appreciated it. And thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. March Madness is so close. It's so close. One of my favorite times of the year. And you can check out Locked On College Basketball for everything college basketball. You get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. So the Drew Aller news uh, kept me away from a position preview, but we still got the linebackers. We still got the secondary and special teams on the way. It'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.